Our message this morning is coming from Nicaragua, and that's because Pastor Tony, as part of his sabbatical, went to Nicaragua to spend some time with Angie Johnson and with Susan and Jared Bentham, who represent our church working in Nicaragua. And he recorded his message for today while he was in Nicaragua. And He'll talk about Nicaragua, but you'll be able to tell from the background noise, we're not sitting here in church in Granville. Um, you might want to get your Bibles ready. The message today will be from Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, and also from chapter 14, verses 26 to 28. So if you like to reference your Bible during the message, you might want to get that ready. Um, the message starts right out, so I'll get out of the way, and we will see the message on the screen. Hello, Ivan Rust family, and greetings from Nicaragua. For those of you who aren't familiar with where Nicaragua exactly is, here's a map up on the screen showing you where I am sitting right now. Now, if you're like me, you probably don't think a lot about Nicaragua in the course of your daily life. And honestly, I really don't know that much about Nicaragua. Here's what I know about Nicaragua without Googling it. I know that there was a civil war here when I was younger. It was the Sandinistas fighting the Contras, and I know that the Sandinistas won. I know that the capital is Managua, and I'm just on the outskirts of Managua right now. I do know that Nicaragua is one of the poorest countries in Central America. In fact, it is the poorest country in Central America. I know that Nicaragua is one of three countries that opted out of the Paris Climate Accord along with the United States and with Syria, although they opted out because they didn't think the accord was tough enough. Having been here now for just a few days, I have learned some things about Nicaragua. I've learned that it is hot all the time. While those of you in Michigan are getting used to near freezing temperatures at night, we're getting used to 85 degrees every day and humid, about 85 to 85% humidity as well. And this is the cool season. It got down to about 75 one evening here and, and people who live here began to put on long sleeve shirts and sweatshirts because they were cold at 75. I also know that it is exceedingly beautiful here in Nicaragua. The vivid displays of colors that, that come from flowers and, and birds that that show up against the backdrop of the green trees of the tropical forest is just gorgeous. And I'm getting used to the noises. You probably hear chickens in the background. Uh, you'll probably hear birds chirping. It's just a really wonderful adventure and a beautiful place to be. And that's really all that I know about Nicaragua. Uh, maybe you knew more, maybe you knew less. But honestly, all of us here have a much deeper connection to Nicaragua than maybe we realize. You see, I'm here in Nicaragua because we have six fellow church members, six Ivan Rest family members who now call Nicaragua home. And they're here on our behalf. We together have affirmed them and we've sent them here on our behalf to represent us, to serve for us on our behalf, to be the ministry, a ministry of Ivan Rest Church here in Managua. And really, it's our special honor and responsibility to be a sending church for these people who have come as missionaries here. Not every church has that privilege. Not every church has, has people who call their church a church home, then go out. And we get to be that sending church. We have the privilege of having sent Angie Johnson 
who's been teaching here now for about three years. We have the privilege of sending Jared and Susan Bentham, along with their children, Julia and Landon and Lucas, who are here well into their second year of teaching. And your connection is real, whether you realize it or not. Every month when that offering plate gets passed for faith promise commitments, for outreach commitments, when you give to that offering, you are helping to support and fund the missionaries here, the Benthams, Angie Johnson. When you are invited this month during World Tour to make an outreach commitment, you are making a commitment to partnering with the Benthams, with Angie Johnson, in their ministry here. I'm here to experience a little taste of life and ministry together with them. And I think it's important this morning for both them and for us as the Ivan Russ family to know that we are a part of a long, long tradition. See, Angie, Jared, and Susan, them going far away to serve God is part of a long tradition. And you and I, as the Ivan Russ family, what we are doing in sending them and supporting them is also a part of a long, long tradition. See, in the book of Acts, in chapter 13, we really get the first missionaries who are sent out in this new young church. It's Paul and Barnabas. And they're sent out from the church in Antioch. And there's some important patterns, I think, that, that were set and that we can learn from their experience, from their story. Listen to Acts 13, just the first three verses. It says, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mannion, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. So I think it's important to realize in that short little passage, Paul and Barnabas, first of all, are sent by God. That's an important thing to realize. We take that for granted. Maybe we read over that quickly. But we need to pause there. They are sent by God. And they were sent because, first of all, they were gifted. Right? They were people from within the church community who had the spiritual gifts necessary to accomplish the kingdom tasks that God had in mind. Right? The, the city of Antioch at that time in the first century, that was really the hub of this new young Christian church. And, the, and that church in Antioch was filled with prophets and with teachers and with very, very gifted people. They were spiritually strong in that city. They were doing good work right there. But some of them, this passage tells us, were equipped for wider kingdom service. But God equipped them. God prepared them throughout all their lives, probably without them even realizing it, for this moment and for this opportunity. He equipped them and prepared them to be sent out from the safety of their homes there in Antioch into the world around them in Jesus' name and for his purposes. And God has done the exact same thing for Angie and for Susan and for Jared. He has equipped them and prepared them for work right here in Nicaragua. 
He has built in their lives. Maybe through Ivanrest Church. Maybe through family members. Maybe through other pastors and teachers and friends. He's built in them solid spiritual foundations. He has given them specific life experiences that prepared them for life and ministry here. He has developed their gifts and abilities in teaching, in serving, in speaking Spanish. He has cultivated their personalities and their perspectives just right. He has prepared them, and then he prepared the perfect opportunity for them. He sent them, and in sending them, he called them. Notice that, that in this passage, God didn't call everyone to go. Right? That's what he did specifically for Paul and Barnabas. He called them. The Holy Spirit pointed them out. Right? In the midst of that worship service, the Holy Spirit pointed at those two and said, we want those two to go. Those are the ones that God wanted. It, it, not Simeon, not Lucius, not Mannion. He pointed at Paul and Barnabas and said, those are the ones I've prepared. Those are the ones I've gifted. Those are the ones I've called. And God did the same thing. God called Angie. God called Jared. God called Susan. The Holy Spirit pointed at them. Now sit down and talk with any of them. And I'm sure you'll hear all kinds of reasons of why they said yes to coming here to Nicaragua. But as you sort through those reasons, and if you dig down deep to the core, the real reason they now call Nicaragua home is because the Holy Spirit chose them. And the Holy Spirit brought them here. If that wasn't the case, they wouldn't be here. God convinced them to go because he had plans for them. He had designs for them. He called them here. And we need to recognize God at work here, right? Angie and Jared and Susan are here because God has prepared them. God has called them to serve his kingdom here in Nicaragua. But we also need to notice that in this passage, Paul and Barnabas are sent not only by God. You know, it's not just the Holy Spirit pointing them and God sending them. They are also sent by the church. That is what we see in verses 2 and 3, right? Remember it said, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. God commanded them. He, he affirmed that calling in the middle of this worship service. This wasn't just a personal calling for them. It was a communal calling. The community heard the call as well. The community affirmed that call. Paul and Barnabas went as individuals prepared and called by God. And they went as the Antioch Church doing ministry in the world. Angie, Susan, and Jared came to Nicaragua as individuals, as families. And they also came to Nicaragua as Ivan Rest Church doing ministry here. They went on our behalf. They are, in this place, our voice speaking for us. And our hands serving for us. 
and our feet going the extra mile for us. They are our hearts loving people here in Nicaragua for us. That communal part of this ministry was signified when, when that worshiping body in Antioch placed their hands on Paul and Silas before, I'm sorry, Paul and Barnabas before sending them out. Those hands cemented the partnership. Those hands bound them together as individuals and as a community in ministry together. And maybe you remember, maybe you were there. We did the exact same thing for Angie. We did the exact same thing for Jared and for Susan when they left. We laid our hands on them. You and I, as the Ivanrest Church family, committed to being a part of this ministry right alongside of them, right along with them. We affirmed God's calling to them to go. We affirmed this connection between their going and our sending. And we celebrated and committed to a partnership in ministry with them. So this morning, I want to remind us, because we cannot forget that we are in ministry here together. When you think about the ministries of Ivan Rest Church, I hope you think about the things that happen in this building all the time. Right? Day after day after day, the ministries that we do right in this community called West Michigan. But when you think of the ministries of Ivan Rest Church, you need also to think about ministry that happens in Africa. You need to think about ministry that's happening in Romania and in Japan. And you need to think about ministry that's happening day in and day out right here in Managua, Nicaragua. Because they are sent not to do ministry in our place, but they are sent to do ministry with us. Not for us, but with us. There is a profound partnership that we cannot forget. And in this partnership, we are invited and intended to share all of the experiences of ministry along with them. At least that's how it was modeled with us for Paul and Barnabas and the church in Antioch that sent them. If you read on, we're not going to do it right now, but if you read on in the rest of chapter 13 and through most of chapter 14, you can see what they should expect. They should expect a very similar experience here in Nicaragua that Paul and Barnabas experienced. Obviously, it won't be the same experience. They were in Asia Minor in the first century. Angie, Jared, and Susan are in Central America in the 21st century, and their experiences will be vastly different, of course. But they can expect the same kinds of experiences. They can expect, first of all, coming here, great blessings. They can expect God to do great things in them and through them. Right, read Acts chapter 13 and 14, and you'll see Paul and Barnabas doing miraculous signs and wonders. You'll see that God gave them the power to, to, to bind the enemy. You'll see that they made a, a lame man walk again. God gave them the opportunity to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ to communities that accepted that truth. They drew great crowds. They, they established churches all throughout the area. There were plenty. In Acts chapter 13 and 14, there are plenty of yay God moments in those chapters. Read them this afternoon. 
celebrate those yay God moments. And there's plenty of yay God moments happening right here, being experienced in Nicaragua with Susan and Jared and Angie. Where they are changing the trajectory of the lives of the children that they teach. And in doing so, in providing a quality education for them, in the middle of a culture where education is poor at best, and in doing it in Jesus' name with a faith foundation, they could change, God could change through them, not only the child that they are teaching, but God could change that family that that child goes back to. And not only that family, but God could end up changing a whole community because of what they are doing in teaching these children. And who knows, if a community gets changed, why not a whole country? God can do great things. I'm sure that they don't know all the good things that God has done or will do through them. I obviously don't. In fact, they probably don't know many of them. Some of them are big and obvious. Many of them are small and they never will know the influence they had. Some of them are public and visible. Some of them are private. Some of the ways God works are miraculous. And some of them are as we expect God to work. But God will use these blessings and these experiences to grow them and to grow his kingdom because they are here. And you and I, as the Iverness family, we get to share these blessings with them. If, if we are paying attention. If we are doing more than just sending them far away. If we are also choosing to share in this ministry together. I hope that we are actively celebrating with them God working through them. At the same time, at the same time while they can expect great blessings, they can expect great difficulties. There are going to be significant challenges. There already have been significant challenges for Angie and Jared and Susan. They know that this is not a, a tropical vacation that they are on. This is their vocation, serving God here pursuing his kingdom purposes here in this place. And when they are pursuing God's kingdom purposes, when any of us are pursuing God's kingdom purposes, they can and we can expect spiritual battles, spiritual opposition. Right As you read through Acts 13 and 14 this afternoon, if you do that, you will see that Paul and Barnabas experienced it. Not only did they celebrate all those great things, those great successes in this first missionary journey, but they were also persecuted. They were driven out of town. They were lied about and hated by many. They had to run for their lives from people who were set to kill them. In fact, at one place, they ended up being stoned and left for dead outside the city walls. Jared and Susie, and Angie, they have experienced challenges and difficulties coming here. Challenges, challenges and difficulties that they could have easily avoided by choosing to stay home. 
by choosing to stay in West Michigan, where yes, it may be cold in the winter, but it's comfortable and they knew what to expect. They haven't been stoned and left for dead, at least that they told me, but they have experienced personal challenges, physical challenges and illnesses. They've experienced financial challenges by saying yes and coming here. They've experienced cultural challenges. They've experienced spiritual opposition that leaves them at times, I'm sure, wondering why in the world they came here and why in the world they don't just book the next plane ticket back home. These challenges are real and they're a part of obediently saying yes to God's call. They're a part of learning to trust God every step along the way. God's going to use Angie, Susan, and Jared to grow God's kingdom. And He is going to use bringing them here to grow their spiritual foundation as well through the challenges they experience. And you and I, those of us who stayed in West Michigan who call Ivan Rest Church our church home, we are called to share these challenges along with them, to be prayer partners, prayer warriors along with them, to know how to encourage them. If we're paying attention, if we're doing more than just sending them and then forgetting about them, if we take the time to read their updates, to know the challenges they face, then we face them right along with them. We stand side by side in ministry with them. I hope that we as a community, that each of us as individuals are encouraging and supporting them. Or maybe your, your heart is connected to another missionary, one of the other missionaries that we've called or somebody else you know. But I hope that you and I are actively encouraging and supporting someone through the challenges they face. It's a profound partnership that we are called to share with them. And that partnership is affirmed again at the end of chapter 14 and in an important verse in chapter 15. All right, so in this story that we read, the first three verses, Paul and Barnabas left. Remember, they're in the worship service. The Holy Spirit points them out. The church affirms it, lays their hands on them, and they go. The whole church of Antioch sent them. And, and, and they leave, and they, they come back as their representatives, right? In verses 26 and 27 of chapter 14, after they experience this whole journey, all the, the blessings and the challenges of that first missionary journey, they come back to the church that sent them, and they share their stories of what they experienced together, of what God did, not just through Paul and Barnabas, but what God did through Paul, Barnabas, and the Antioch church that sent them. Remember, it was all about them together. It was a team effort that called them and sent them, and the church supported, prayed, empowered them. Now, Jared and Susan and Angie, they aren't here alone either. Remember, we're in this all together. It's a team effort. And if it's truly a team effort, then we are going to see Ivan Rest Church community changed and transformed just like the Antioch community was changed and transformed when Paul and Barnabas came back and shared their stories. 
Ivan Rest Church, right here in Granville, Michigan, is going to be changed, is going to be different because of the ministry that we are partnering with together right here. Ivan Rest Church is going to change because of what God is doing in Nicaragua if we're truly partnering in ministry with them. You see, when Paul and Barnabas returned, the church was never the same. This first missionary journey transformed the church dramatically. It changed the church. Acts 15 verse 12 tells us this. It says that the whole assembly became silent as they listened to Paul and Barnabas telling about the miraculous signs and wonders that God had done among the Gentiles through them. Okay, and this was in the middle of a debate on whether the New Testament church should accept Gentiles into the church or whether it was only for the Jews. Okay, and so in the middle of this huge debate in Jerusalem, Paul and Barnabas tell their stories about the miraculous signs and wonders God did on their missionary journey among the Gentiles that they connected with. And because Paul and Barnabas were obedient and went, and because that church up to the north in Antioch shared this ministry together, sent them and shared this ministry together, the church now was forever changed. This church that was once a Jews-only community now became a community that God intended, one that welcomed all people into the family of God. We need to know that if we take this partnership seriously, it will change us. Ivan Rest Church needs to change and it needs to grow. We need to get a bigger vision of God's growing kingdom that, that we see not only here in the Granville area, not only in West Michigan, not even only in the United States. We need to see God's kingdom purposes that go way beyond the places and ideas that we are comfortable with. We need to see God's desire for compassion and justice for the people that God loves dearly all around the world, people who are not like us. We need to be shaken out of our comfortable lives that keep us insulated from the deep needs of the world, both nearby us and far away. We as the community of Ivan Rest Church need to change and we need to grow. The question is, will we? Will we learn from our partnership with Jared and Susan and Angie and all the other missionaries that we support? Because honestly, honestly, we don't usually want to be challenged, do we? You and I don't really like change, do we? We're pretty comfortable here in our safe West Michigan lives. Why would we want to change? If we truly team up with Jared and Susan, with Angie to do ministry in Nicaragua, it might force us to face the reality of true poverty in this world. It might move us towards greater compassion for people that we usually judge instead of love. God may just challenge us in how we're stewarding the money that he's given us. We realize that we are spending a lot more than we should on ourselves when just a little bit, hardly even being generous, 
might be able to change a person in a family's life for a long, long time. I know that my topic for World Tour this week is change their world, and it doesn't sound like I've talked much about changing their world. Maybe because I find that it's difficult for us to change someone else's world without our world changing as well. You and I have the opportunity to help change Jared and Susan and Angie's world. Right, by being true partners in ministry with them, not only financially, although I realize God gives some people the gift of making money so that they can be generous, but also in partnering with them, truly partnering with them in their joys and struggles and being true community with them while they're far away. And that might be the way that God is calling you to change the world for somebody who calls Nicaragua their home, somebody who will be changed because they have met Susan, because they have met Jared, because they have met Angie. And that may be the way that God is calling us to change our world right here in West Michigan. Maybe that will help us look beyond our own lives and see a bigger vision for growing God's kingdom, both here in hot Nicaragua and there in cold West Michigan. So I'm so thankful that I've had the opportunity to experience a taste of life and ministry with Angie and Susan and Jared, to be here and to see how their lives have changed because they were sent by God to do ministry here. I love being here, but I'm not called to stay here. I'm not one that the Holy Spirit pointed at and said, go to Nicaragua, and I'm looking forward to coming back home again. I will brace myself for the cold when I get off the plane. But I hope I'm coming home changed that my perspectives and my priorities and my daily choices will be somewhat different because I know better what God is doing here in Nicaragua. Because that's what happens when we truly partner with somebody, when we truly do ministry together, and when we recognize the depth of our connections, then their worlds change and our worlds 